At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it's Sean, and I'm here to introduce you guys to another bonus episode of Real Blend, this time an interview with King Richard director uh, Ronaldo Marcus Green, who was nice enough to join the show to talk about his upcoming film. Um, if you've been hearing any news about what this film is about, it is sort of the early years of Venus and Serena Williams, with, with more of an emphasis on, Vena, uh, on, on Venus and the training that she went through, that both of them went through, uh, with their father, Richard, who's played by Will Smith. And the entire film is getting a lot of awards attention, specifically geared towards Smith and his performance as Richard. And it's not an overbearing performance necessarily, um, but it's just a, a dominant father role who who sees something really special in his daughters and the way that they're able to play tennis and wants to make sure that they get uh, all of the opportunities that he feels that they deserve to excel in their sport. Uh, Ronaldo is a really talented director uh, who's still a bit of an up-and-comer and is using this film uh, as an opportunity to sort of put forward the type of work that he is capable of doing uh, and ends up being a, an incredible conversation just about the things that they had to overcome on the set. Uh, I know that it's a Will Smith movie and that it's about Venus and Serena, but it really does feel like the way that they shot uh, and the duration of the production felt like a, a an indie schedule and, and the way that they had to stay really nimble and shoot around um, Los Angeles and, and uh, key neighborhoods of Southern California uh, that were integral to the point of this story. So uh, I want you to hear directly from Ray, terrific storyteller, uh, really interesting director and a great, great story, uh, and especially in terms of working with Will Smith uh, and having Venus and Serena come by his set. So uh, without further ado, on behalf of King Richard, this is a director Ronaldo Marcus Green on Real Blend. Because I can't believe that your young actors, uh, and tell me if this is true, they met Venus and Serena for the first time on the film's set? That's right. That is right. And, uh, you know, it was waterworks all the way through. <laughs> um, I think they were carrying that for months, having practice and hearing about them and hearing the stories of maybe they're going to come visit or when they were going to come visit. You know, obviously, they're both professional athletes, so their their schedules are are insane, uh, but they they made the time to come to set a couple of times actually. But uh, that was a very special moment for all of us, uh, uh, you know, certainly, and 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 
you know, Sanaya and, and, and Demi were just over the moon. I was kind of amazed, but this that means they didn't have that much input into the casting of who played them? No, I mean, look, I, I, you know, Isha Price is a producer on the film. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, there was daily communications with, with uh, you know, her. And I know Isha, they're on like, they have their own group, like WhatsApp. So I know they're <laughs> chatting, like there, there's definitely things going on. And all the sisters are very hyper aware. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, but in, ter- in terms of the day to day, of course, you know, look, we're, we were building a movie and and picking our choices. And, and then I'm sure they were sharing who we were deciding that we wanted to go with. But, you know, for certainly we were building a movie and, and including them and, in, 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 you know, in that process, Isha being a producer was involved in those decisions for sure. Um, and, and rightfully so, you know, the respect I would never have made the film without the, you know, having, having the support of the family. I mean, we're making a film about them. I, I need their input. I want to meet them. I want to hear them. I want to hear their story. And so, we were soliciting at all times, you know, it's obviously trying to pin down their schedules is, is, is tricky, but yeah. um, they were amazing collaborators. Um, Isha, what, what a wonderful human being, what a wonderful family. Uh, we got lucky for sure. Yeah. Ray, uh, we're going to dive in a little bit later in the interview about Bob Ellswick. Cause I want to geek out about all about that. Cause he's just a brilliant DP. Um, but one of the things, the messages that in this film were incredible because one of the things that came across to me was you can prep and rehearse and get uh, physically ready for a moment, but then the mental aspect can take that all away instantly, uh, and you can be paralyzed. And we see that in the film at times. And I found that really interesting because I wanted to ask you as a filmmaker, when you go into a project and you're prepping and you're rehearsing and you're getting all the things right, and let's say you show up on a day and there's a mental aspect that's maybe throwing you off. Can you talk about um, that that comparison and kind of maybe like how you would work through something like that? I know filmmaking and athletics are different, but they have a similar vibe. I mean, look, I could tell you two of the best scenes in the movie were, you know, acts, you know part of me messing it up and having to reshoot one. And uh, and, you know, the other one just went on too long. So the kitchen scene in the in, in the film, it's that's the, my favorite best scene in the movie, by the way. Oh, my God. And it's crazy because we you know, so we 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 had to find this house that was South Florida. And, you know, the production designer was like, OK, so you can use this part of the house. And the only the only room that's a no go is the kitchen. Um. And so you know, the, the actors show up, Will and Anjana show up, and the first place they go is in the kitchen. <laughs> and I'm just looking and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, maybe they're just, you know, they're going to move. You know, I, I never tell an actor where to go. Um, you know, that's just not, you know, we, we obviously have cameras placed and there's, there's freedom, you know, like let's block it and see where we're going to go. And then we adjust from there. Right. And so, when they went to the kitchen, it was like, oh my God, we're not designed for the kitchen. How are we going to do the scene in the kitchen? This is like, this is, this is, this is not good. But the scene was turning out amazing. What am I going to tell the actor? No, because we didn't production design it. It's like, let's go, let's go with the flow here. That scene also spilled into the afternoon. It was supposed to be done at lunch and we ended up like going till the end of the day and squeezing in the scene with Serena and Will, which was supposed to happen in the house. So by virtue of me messing up that scene, I had to then move it to, uh, (laughs) to move it to the court. Um, you know, we had to move it outside because we were shooting, you know, at that venue and we had to find a place at that venue to do it. So, you know, sometimes there's happy accidents that happen. You have to work through those things because you're getting magic in those moments. And so it's a combination of being flexible in order to do that, having actors that are willing to go there and do that, 
Um, and then learning from your mistakes. You know, there was a little bit of combination of those things and, and not giving up on it. I think it's one of those things that that scene could have been dropped and it wasn't. We knew it was critical to the story. And I said, you know what, let's make time for it when we go. And actually, it's a better place for it because I was thinking about Rudy, one of my favorite movies. And I was like, man, when Rudy like skips his last practice and, and then like goes out to the court and looks at that field, I was like, that's like kind of what Serena's feeling. Like, what if we scripted it there? And then, you know, and it was, it ended up being magical, you know, but, it, but I shot it. We shot it in the house on the staircase and it was kind of messy. I remember Will like, this is going to make the movie. Right. And I was like, I don't know, you know, like, I just kind of joked about it. Cause it was like a mess. We we're running out of natural light. Robert was looking at me. It was just, it was just bad. It was all bad. We, we, we completely like all of us, you know, just, you know, I'll take the blame. I dropped the ball. And uh, but it, it just was, you know, it, I was happy that I did because I got I got a chance to, to, to make up for my interception, so to speak. Let uh, me tell you, I was watching that kitchen scene. If you if I had my notes in front of me right now, that is the scene that I wrote. I mean, I get chills just thinking about it like that scene is so incredible. And for people out there listening to this right now who haven't seen the film, we're not spoiling anything, but just pay attention to that scene because that is. That is one of the key, key arcs to both of their characters. And it's such an, oh, what a brilliant scene. So that's amazing how it worked out that way. No, thank you so much. And, and look, you know, look, Zach, Zach Balin wrote an amazing script. And so he gave us a foundation for us to play with. And, you know, I have a very improvisational style. And so allowing the actors to, to give room and to, and to improv at times. And so the script is not a rigid thing. It's a constantly evolving thing. And, you know, keeping Zach involved in that process, I think we, we, we ended up being very, very good collaborators so much yeah. that we're working on the Bob Marley biopic together. So yeah, we're, we're it, it was a great process. We had, we had great, and look, Will is, Will is amazing. I mean, he, he, he's amazing in the role. He's, um, he was completely locked in. I don't know if it was the short shorts or whatever, but like that dude <laughs> locked in and, uh, and what you see is what you get. I laughed so hard watching that feature right when Serena is on set. She's calling him daddy. And I was like, well, it's got to be surreal for her to see. <laughs> this guy who actually looks. It was so cool when they when they showed up. I mean, it's just you're you're like how many legends in one frame, you know? <laughs> right. right, right. <laughs> like this is this is like unreal. You couldn't have written it any better. And um, but but how humble they are. You know, they really, as you know, as we depict in the film, they come from truly humble beginnings. Right. Um, and it wasn't just about Venus and Serena. It was five girls in that VW bus. Yes. Five girls picking up balls. It was five girls hanging signs. And you're like, man, whoa, like this is different. This is, this is not, you know, this isn't just your typical sports movie. You know, this is something else. Mm -hmm. It's layered. It's rich. It's got all these, all, you know, all these layers to it. And so, you know, those were the aspects I wanted to lean into because it was what we didn't know about them. Um, it was all the things. So I think that's, you know, it gives the film a little bit of, of an unexpectedness, uh, you mm -hmm. know, when Will mm -hmm. passes gas in a scene. <laughs> you're, you're, I love that moment. <laughs> it's unexpected. And, and I think that's what makes the film keep you on your edge. He's constantly one upping the other coaches and you have all of those layers in there. You know, and we'll talk about the cinematography and, and the music and the set design and, and all the other layers that we we tried to add there. But but, you know, the, the cast was remarkable. Um, I could not have asked for a better cast, including John Bernthal and, 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 and Tony Goldwyn, just aces in the whole man. Those guys were, were, were true warriors, um, completely helped to elevate this movie in, in a way that, um, you know, I don't think it would have been as elevated if it, was, if it weren't for them. So tip my cap to, the, to those guys. And, and of course, you know, Demi and, Demi and Sanaya, uh, like to do what they did at 13 years old or 12, like 
it's nuts. I mean, uh, you know, the pressure of, of carrying the legacy of, of living legends, but then learning how to play tennis, like Tanaya's left-handed, like, you know what I mean? She had to learn how to hit with her right hand, like the, the amount of practice that they had to go through the amount of like work. And we pushed them. Look, I, I you know, I, I was not easy. You know, you were King Richard. You know, hopefully they respect the final product because you know, I definitely like, I'm a loving parent, but I'm tough. And, 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 you know, that's the, it, I think everybody expects, a you know, I, you know, we all demanded excellence from each other. And I think, of course, look, I had an experience as a, you know, I was a kindergarten teacher, you know, I, I taught kindergarten through fifth grade. So I, I've dealt with young children before I taught middle school. And so I, I know what it's like, you know, you know, teaching and working with children that can push themselves in a way that's respectful, but, but, but getting something out of someone. And I, and I think they were willing to go there. We had really, really amazing, amazing young talents, um, you know, and, and look, they had no athletic ability. Like they were not athletes, you know, they're theater, theater kids, you know, and they, they, they taught themselves how to, how to become two of the greatest tennis players of all time, which is, which is pretty amazing. So um, I cannot wait to see, uh, to see what those girls do in, in, in their career. Well, that's, I'm glad you kind of led into that about them having to pretend to be athletes, because one of the things about the evolution of sports movies is it's just different ways you can shoot the game. Uh, and tennis is obviously something that we've seen portrayed on, on TV so many times. So I wanted to hear about your approach to making the game cinematic uh, in the moments where you needed to shoot, uh, are there things that you maybe picked up from TV broadcasts, or even things that you didn't want to do because they're overplayed? Yeah, like you know, look, I I had, I had a genius, you know, in my in my corner. You know, Robert Ellswood is one of the, the the greatest living American cinematographers known to man, and and I was a huge fan. And luckily for me, I met him like with my first feature, like this random, like I, I was at the Sundance Lab and Robert Ellswood so happened to be an advisor. So it's this weird organic relationship. And when this movie came, I was like, man, maybe I can get Robert to do it. And and he was so game to do it. And and when I met him, let me tell you, like here he's I think he's 72 now, but you know, at the time, maybe a 70, 70 year old man, like with the energy of like a 15 year old, like uh, he's an encyclopedia of film. He's basically seen every movie that's ever, that, you know, ever been made. Um, you know, if you're like me or the average person, you like look at, you, oh, okay, I like that. And maybe I'll watch that. And maybe I'll watch it. Like he just watches everything. Right. So like, it's not like I like it or I don't like, it's like, I just watched it. And you're like, wait, so you, you go to the movies to see all the things, you know, you might not like, he doesn't think about it that way. He just, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like I have to read everything that comes to me. And so we started dating. Like I would go to the movies with Robert yeah. Owen and we'd watch a lot of movies together. And like we and that's that was like how we started. I remember Can when, I go with you guys, please? You know, I, and I was like, look, I was like, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the best student. Like I'm gonna come on this film and I'm gonna Yeah, that's film school. That- it was the film school after film school. I went to NYU and I spent, you know, I, I had a student loan of 330000 Like it was no joke. <laughs> But I was like, this is the film school right here. Yeah. And I'm going to move out to the West side because he lives, you know, he lives on the West side and I'm going to be his neighbor and I'm just going to stalk Robert Elswit, um, <laughs> you know, to, and, and it was amazing. Like we never talked camera or lenses or any of that stuff. It was story, 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 character, 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 breaking down all of the weak points. And, and when I say weak, like anything that felt like it needed to be enriched or layered and, and it was constantly pushed for that and um his work ethic is second to none um you know like i said just incredible energy incredible historian and we did a lot of pre-visualizations with tennis so we you know we uh, we went out to the field and we failed a lot um you know we just like it was like 
practicing and just being really bad at first and then just saying, oh, okay, like, let's keep playing and let's go here. Let's move the cameras here and finding out where we want it to be. One of the first things I said to the producers and like, uh, this is not, I don't want any action. This is not action shots here, right? Like I'm, I'm not making a Nike commercial. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything that feels like that. I want it to feel cinematic. I want it to feel elevated, like where we are in the court and tennis it's unlike any other sport. It's not like boxing where you have, you can go to your, your corner or baseball, you call timeout and the pitcher can, you know, you can take a break and try to collect yourself unless there's like a bathroom break. There are no breaks in tennis. And so I wanted the film to feel that. And like, for me, as someone that didn't grow up with tennis, didn't grow up around the game, I was like, I don't know how many people are going to care about that. Like, they just want to, we need enough tennis to service the the movie and, and the emotion of the story. That's like what the tennis needs to do and so all of my conversations with robert were really about that and not getting richard lost in that story because we have a story that is richard but then you know venus is taking agency at a particular point in our story and Mm -hmm. and how it's a delicate balance without losing you know power structure or you know where, where do we go from there um and so just making sure we were carefully tracking that emotional arc throughout and how the tennis played into all of those mm-hmm. things and so instead of it just being tennis sequence it was like oh let's talk about the open stance which is something that the family and you know the girls revolutionized the way the game was played like that's a story point that's something mm-hmm. that we can use to our advantage mm-hmm. You know, it was a power game. The way they played the game was different than the way everybody else was playing. And so we tried to tap into those, you know, try to be specific about the story so that that we can select our shots and made making the shots and composing those things a lot easier once we cracked the story. But it took months. It took Mm -hmm. months of us thinking about juniors and what we were going to show there. And then, you know, yeah, we see them hitting, but like it's a it's about the evolution and the tennis and Richard and the family and all the things that he was experiencing in that process. And so none of the tennis feels arbitrary. Um, It feels specific because it is, it's really all about that. And how do we connect the family to all of the tennis in there? So you have all these reaction shots of the family and cheering along. It's not just two girls, it's five girls. And so it's just, it's just, it's, it's a lot more layered because we really thought about that when we were building out those sequences and um, you know, look, I couldn't ask for a better collaborator and, and Robert um, the lighting, this, you know, he, he does all that technical stuff, you know, you know, he knows all the names of, you know, the, 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 you know, the lenses and all that stuff. And we, we talk about composition. We talk about story. We talk about where we're going to be in proximity. And then of course, giving me the time to work with actors, you know, which is mm-hmm. what I love to do and, 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 and concentrate on performance. But blocking is a huge thing that we, you know, have worked on together. Background action is such an important thing. It can make or break stuff. Um, and Robert's a real stickler for that. And it's, it's, it was kind of great to work with somebody that's like, you know, looking so deep in the background. And, you know, it's not just about what's in the foreground. It's everything. Like the Florida right. camp. I, I really yeah. pay attention to that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of intention that goes into, into the blocking and simplicity. And, and that's what I love. It's, 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 you know, it's a, there's a simplicity to it and it's, it's very difficult to make it simple um, because you start throwing the kitchen sink at things that aren't working. And I think there's something very elegant about designing something that you can stay in a two shot, you know, much longer and you can hold something longer. You know, when, you know, Richard and, and Macy are talking, we don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be traditional coverage. And so we can 
let things breathe. Not everything deserves a close up. And, and we try to reserve those moments in our film so that the, when we use them, they land. <laughs> and, um, you know, a lot of that was just conversation. And a lot of that was confidence. And when you're with, uh, you know, when you're with someone with that level of confidence uh, in, in how to, uh, you know, lend something, it gives you confidence. And, uh, and then once the performances are there, it's like, man, let the performances breathe. They're, they're doing it. They're crushing it. Like, I don't have, I don't have to cut here. And it, it made my job a lot easier that we had this stellar cast and, and this incredible crew. And look, Robert was, was, was my main sort of, I would call fullback um, on the set. And that, you know, but I definitely had a lot of wide receivers and some running backs. I, you know, I was, I was able to, to drop back in the, in the pocket and feel protected. This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Power up your favorite characters and build a team to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and even challenge other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly, and the meta is constantly evolving. And now you can sign on for Marvel Strike Force's new Deadpool Anniversary event in order to receive a generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, and other great items. Better yet, each week during the Deadpool anniversary, players can complete events and receive even more special rewards and skins. If you want to get in on all the fun of Marvel Strike Force, be sure to use our promo code MAXPOOL, that's M-A-X-P-O-O-L, and thank you to Marvel Strike Force for supporting the show. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Well, I mean, El Ellswit is, you know, we talk about that a lot because we're a filmmaking show and, you know, obviously There Will Be Blood is one of the greatest <laughs> movies ever made. But um, I wanted to ask you, um, uh, so this is something I found interesting. So obviously the, the serves, the moments and the, the, the serve shots are like so beautiful. Uh, and, I, I was, I, and I found those to be amazing. Um, one of the things Tony Goldwyn was telling me yesterday, which I thought was interesting, was he did have a pro who would step in for shots where he needed help, where it, where it would like look realistic. And I'm, I'm assuming that had to be that for other cases as well and other moments where uh, like it just looked had to look professional. Um, so I wanted to ask you about how you and Bob worked that out where when a, pro, a tennis pro would step in to complete a shot, almost like a stunt double um, and how you maybe framed those in a way to make it look real because as you watch the film it's completely seamless um, but can you talk about maybe some specific moments where you had to like frame it a certain way bring in the double like when, how, did, how did that conversation come in yeah so you know the first thing was just gauging how much our actors were going to be able to give us and so when we started we were thinking it was going to be very little I mean they had never played tennis and and you know they only have five months like and literally the first practice you throw the ball and it looked like, you know, like pop off the racket. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so it was just like, Oh, okay. Well, we're not going to get much. Like it's going to be pretty much all doubles, but through that practice, 
this. You know, we had Eric Tano, who was actually a coach with both Venus and Serena when they were young. And we mentioned his name over there at Rick Macy and uh, Isha, who is also a tennis player. Apparently she was one of the best Williams in the family to play tennis. She just got <laughs> hurt. And so they had other athletes in that family. You know, they, they just, you know, they ended up with two, but, but all those girls are great. And uh, Isha, like she was so nuanced with the racket. And so what we focused on was really movement. Let's take the ball out entirely with Venus and yeah. with, with Sanai and Demi. And just because then they can swing freely and not feel like they have to hit the ball. And so getting the, and look, being a, a baseball player, I understand what a good look like, like that stroke looks like they're getting jammed. Like you wouldn't hit the ball that way, or it looks like the, the angle in which you're holding the racket is going to be a home run. Like we, we have to kind of work out those things. Mm-hmm. And so it's just movement, movement, side to side, front to back. And so Eric worked with those girls three days, three to four days a week for months and they got actually really good. Like Sanaya's yeah. back was like, she's a lefty. So her backhand was like legit. Like she was able to legit hit a backhand. So we were like, okay, we know we can sell her on the backhand side. The forehand is a little, you know, it's a little suspect. And so we would, you know, favor her backhand side. Demi's forehand was a little better. So we would favor that and we would use, oh. the, we use their strengths to really film them doing that and then supplement when we need it. And so they really got to a pretty proficient level for what, what what an eight or nine year old who was at a high level would be doing. And so they're 13. So they're a little bit more developed, which the girls were at that time. They were more developed than their than their counterparts. And so we use that to our advantage. They were slightly older than Venus Serena were. And so they got to a level that was pretty good. And then what we wanted to do was show a progression of tennis throughout the film. So they're eight and nine, and then they're, you know, 10 and 11, and then they're 11 and 12. And so we had different sets of girls for those, um, you know, for, oh. for those periods of time so that the ball was getting, was getting harder. You know, they were hitting the ball harder, basically like they were developing. And so their, their strokes were getting better and see it's hopefully seamless in the movie, but we had, you know, multiple doubles. Uh, you know, we had a set for juniors. We had a set for the final matches. And so you can see the power and the progression once they get to Florida. It's very different when Mm -hmm. she's hitting the ball on the court, like, you know, against the ball machine, when Will comes onto the court. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a real tennis pro, you know, who's national ball. And and it's and it's fantastic. And and but Denia did all of that motion. You know, she it wasn't like, okay, you just show up. She she. Everything that our doubles did, our actors did, and the, our actors are like ninety-five percent of it. You know, it's re- it's a very small percentage of of shots that are the actual doubles or or, or you know or face replacement. And so, you know, it, it was a combination, a lot of trial and error um, on on the show, as you know, with tennis. You know, it, waiting for balls to hit the line and you know hit it here, or hit it at camera. You know, you have to wait. Um, you know, a lot of rushing when you're working with children, but, but we got it in and, and, um, you know, we had a great team. We had a great support staff. So um, it was seamless. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, there was (laughs) my goal. My goal is always look, make the best movie we possibly can. And then, you know, let's make the best tennis movie that's ever been made. You know, like the bar was set with some of these other films. Like they had done a great job in Battle of the Sexes and, and, um, Borg versus McEnroe. But I was like, I think, you know, like, I think we can, continue to you know work on what they did great and make it better and like that's that's what filmmaking is right like they they took it to that place but we can we can we can you know thank you for those films because at least they give us a foundation um to work off of and so you know i was so happy that other movies have been made before so we can see what we liked and what we didn't and we can take the things that we wanted to 
you know, to, to make a little, make, make some adjustments, make it stronger, make it work for our story. Um, Ray, I want to switch gears completely because there's a scene that has stuck with me uh, since I've seen your film and it's the drive-by scene, uh, which is totally incredible. Uh, and I want to, it's such a fork in the road moment for Richard uh, that if things had played out a little bit differently, you know, we, we'd have a totally different story to tell. Um, how accurate was that scene? Did that actually happen to him? Uh, and, and could you talk about the, the larger implications? It felt to me like it almost saved his life. Yeah, look, I think the stories we heard was that Richard was, you know, in daily interactions uh, on the court. You know, the, the family would talk about playing tennis and a drive-by would go by. They would all drop to the ground, wait for the bullets to go by, and then just finish, you know, stand up and finish practice. And, like, it's very nonchalant in the way they would discuss, like, violence in the neighborhood. It was just around. It's Compton in the 80s. But they would also talk about, like the fun neighbor and like, you know, but there was a drug house across the street and like, but growing up in a similar community, like I know what that's like, like you don't necessarily like fear walking outside of your house. It's just not how it is. Like, it's just part of how you grow up and you know that there's violence, but you're, you're sort of accustomed to it. And so I, I certainly didn't want the violence in the film to, to overtake what it was like. And it was through their perspective. So yes, they were dealing with certain things on a daily basis. Like for me, when 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 Will's coming home and the cop car just like zips by, like that's enough to show that there's police presence. You hear helicopters, like you hear ambulances, like these are things that just are in your name. Like we're in certain neighborhoods, you you don't hear those things. Mm -hmm. Like that's a constant like backdrop and landscape in Compton and areas like it. And so I just wanted it to feel like a fabric, a part of the film rather than just like, hey, let's focus so much on it. Mm -hmm. But of course it is a story point. Like we, it is a story point for us. It's part of the, so we had to fit it for, for what it was and using a little bit of dramatic license to say, okay, like would it, would it have happened here or, or something like that? But it's an amalgamation of stories that we heard and kind of things that happen in, in their life. And so, you know, look, we had to take certain liberties to, to, to depict the violence and at thought okay these are the ways that we can do it um it doesn't make it not true it just makes it in in the way that works for our story mm -hmm. for sure he was physical with these gang members at some point like these are things that we heard um that that we know to be true and so you know how we were able to do it to, to work for us you know with how we tried to shape it best Ray, I was actually really interested in knowing this, and I don't know if this is like a ridiculous question, but when the film ended and you show us the real footage that Richard had been shooting, did Will Smith uh, as King Richard really film any of his footage with those cameras and in those scenes? Like, was he ever really rolling just to just to do it, or, or was it not, were those cameras never not rolling? Wait, so so sorry, just the footage at the end of the movie when the credits. No, no, the, the, the footage at the end of the movie, I know, is real footage that King, that Richard shot himself. I was wondering in the film itself, when Will Smith's character is doing it, like, is he actually recording in those moments? Like, do you have that footage for real? Oh, yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, we recorded everything, you know, that we, with oh. real cameras. I mean, and that's the way we work. Like, we wanted it to feel real and like film all those things that will was doing so just in case we ended up using it and you just never know and oh, um cool. you know will's will's you know i would i would call him method to a degree you know he's not like the method you can't like talk to in between takes but he's certainly like he's locked in and you know he, he wants everything to be believable and 
and real. And so he would go there. Um, so yeah, no, we have that footage somewhere. I don't know if we use it in the movie. Oh, but we have it. <laughs> that's really that's cool. cool. I was wondering if that existed. That'd be a cool like DVD featurette of like. I'm Will's... sure he's got it. Maybe I should ask him. I'll text him after this and say. <laughs> yeah, tell him. Yes, <laughs> ask him if he has it. Um, when, footage, well. <laughs> when we got to that real footage over the end credits, uh, there's a character from your movie that I was really happy to see was was extremely accurate, and that's the bus. The bus that drove the family all over the place. But I also know that like the the challenge of filming in a bus and the different point of views that you have to show uh, can be really overwhelming. So do you have multiple bus sets? Did you have an actual bus that moved? Did you have a way to shoot from the POV of the passenger seat and into the back? How did you overcome those obstacles? Yeah, it was a lot of musical chairs for sure. Um, you know, uh, a lot of hood mounts. Uh, we used the biscuit. Uh, you know, we, we used different tools at different times to help us tell that story um, or those, you know, those stories in the bus. But like I hired, a, I hired Pam Martin, uh, as an editor and she cut little miss sunshine and i was like she's perfect i mean oh. you know, i was like there's nobody better for a vw you know bus sequence yeah. you know and and a character driven story i say that joke she's, she's like amazing. here i go again another bus writer <laughs> and little miss sunshine which were like terrible movies for me when making this movie and i love like the humor and the dry humor that she has in, in those films but i also love the dramatic performances that she's able to get out of you know bail and and Wahlberg and and now Will and so I I knew we had a heavy hitter in the in the edit room um, to help us but yeah in terms of in terms of the the VW bus they're small they're small um, and there's a lot of girls so there's only so many different places that you could put the camera um, but yeah we used the biscuit we used tow tow rigs we used everything you could possibly think of in order to kind of shuffle shuffle it around or work for those particular sequences. Um, but yeah, those days they, they suck up a lot of time. Uh, yeah. anytime you put people in a car, there goes half a day. I mean, yeah. you might as well, you know, that that's what happens, but, um, but it was worth it. And, um, you know, we had uh, Chris Centrello, one of the, one of the, one of the like premier, like, uh, riggers in the, in the game who's worked with Robert on 20 pictures or, you know, uh, Ian Kincaid or gaffer, uh, inc incredible, you know, folks to help us, uh, you know, make that happen. And so, Robert's team is deep, man. Those guys, like they, like it's so deep. Like I felt like I had so many filmmakers on, like on set. It wasn't just like technicians or folks that just shut. Like everybody from first AC, like filmmaker. Like these guys, like are filmmakers, and 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 it was amazing to see because they're. It was the first time that I felt like it was like position players teaching me like how much value like it goes down mm -hmm. in a way that I could use it. I can use it to my advantage. And, and whether it was like rigging a crane in a particular place or how we can get into certain spaces with something or move a wall or use certain light to our event. Like we're on my first film. I had, I didn't have, first of all, we didn't have the money. Um, I, everything's handheld because we had to be like, it's just different. Like you have more tools and access to those things, but you have, folks that know how to man that equipment in a way to help tell their story. And when you listen, which I hopefully I can do pretty well, you hear like you can you can gain some valuable things. And so I, I just became a sponge with 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 all of those folks and 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 really tried to, you know, try to use all of those things to our advantage to to hope hopefully make the film feel layered and textured and all the things that uh, you hope for uh, when you watch a movie.
Well, Ray, they're wrapping us up. Uh, I mean, we literally had so many questions for you. Oh, I just want to shout out. I want to shout out Chris Bauer's score. Um, cool. I think that the, and, and, the, and the soundtrack and like even like hearing Little Allison Chains or Green Day tracks, it like yeah. it, it was all so immersive. Every choice was perfect. It, it immersed you in the world. Um, we just want to say thank you for your time. Uh, th- and you should yeah. be very proud of the work you did. And uh, uh, thank you for your conversation, because it was just interesting to hear all you. Uh, so much passion went into this. And I, I can't wait for our audience to hear this. interview. Uh, so. man, I, I appreciate it guys thank you so much and yeah chris bowers is amazing man you guys you got like he's 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 on another level so yeah, I agree. <laughs> i'm glad you guys, guys guys felt that well thank you again for your time really appreciate it no problem continue okay. success Ray. all right bye-bye Bye now. first off we have to thank warner brothers but of course i want to thank ray for coming by the show uh, and talking about king richard I-, I thought it was a really great movie it's truly one of those inspirational sports movies and i love the way that in the interview he broke down uh, his approach to filming tennis because anyone who tackles a sports movie at this point is going to be judged against previous sports films that come before it and while there aren't a ton of tennis films to compare to you heard how he sort of discussed battle of the sexes uh and um oh the other one borg uh borg versus McEnroe, which is another terrific film with shia labeouf that i don't think a ton of people saw but probably do need to check out because of the way that those tennis scenes are edited and just hearing his thought process about the different ways that he uh, worked on the serve and worked on the strengths of the uh, forehand and backhand of his young actors. Uh, so much insight went into the the process of filming his sports scenes and it really comes through in the movie. This is a definite crowd pleaser. Uh, it's going to teach you a lot of stuff about Venus and Serena that even if you are familiar with them, you probably do not know uh, and is really going to open your eyes to the type of performances that Will Smith is still capable of giving. And so I definitely think you guys need to go check it out uh, and be pretty savvy to where the film is in terms of the awards ceremony. Uh, Jake and I are going to give much longer reviews of King Richard on the Friday show. So make sure you're tuning into the main show of Real Blend of this week. If you're here on the YouTube channel, go down and hit subscribe and turn on your notifications. If you're listening to this in all the different places where you get your podcast needs met, head to the description, find out how you can go to YouTube and see the visual aspect of the show. And of course, if you want to be a premium member, you can head over to cinemablend.com backslash Premium and figure out how you can get some additional perks that go with being a Real Blend listener. Uh, until then, we'll see you Friday on the main show and uh, we'll be back here on YouTube very soon. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Doctors take field of greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain. We're like you, too much fast food and not enough exercise. That's why I take field of greens. The fruits and vegetables in field of greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And field of greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code health at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code health at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.